let us not speak of last night, shall we? Oh, the Braves. At least they'll come on. I, and I hope they didn't get it in their head that, hey, why don't we just, just throw this one and we'll, we'll win in Atlanta? Because that's what they tried last year, and look how it worked. Welcome. It's it's Eric Erickson. I'm I'm here. Hopefully the Braves will will show up in the field the next game. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be a part of this here program. Well, I, I, I want to begin actually with, I, I'd like a word with the Democrats, please. Just, just, I got some suggestions for you. It's probably not a good thing for you, the Democratic Party, to suggest that inflation is actually a good thing. I just, just, you, you realize this just for perspective. So I am 46. I know. Gosh, it came on. I, I am 46 years old. If you are my age and younger, you've never experienced inflation. You, you have it. You actually have not experienced inflation. Inflation has not happened since the mid to late 70s. You, you've got no memory of inflation. Until now, with Joe Biden. And some of the Democratic spin out there right now is that, well, inflation's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it really, this it's, it's a high-class problem in Ron Klain's words. That's the White House chief of staff. Actually, it's not his words. He retweeted someone who said inflation's just a high-class problem. It's a problem of the poor and the middle class when their beef prices go up. Before the show, I was talking with Andrew in here and in the studio, and he was talking about the brisket prices going up. The The beef prices are nuts right now. Go try to go smoke a brisket this weekend on your rec deck or your big green egg and, and see how expensive it is. It's crazy. I made brisket tacos Weekend before, I guess I need to send out a recipe. I should send out the brisket taco recipe. Uh, they were fantastic. They really actually were amazing. And I'm just shocked at the prices of brisket right now. It's crazy. And for the Democrats to suggest that it's it's just a high-class problem where it's a good thing is probably not wise. It, it is not a good thing for Democrats and members of the media to suggest that, you know what, maybe just stop buying as much. You're too consumers. That's how to deal with the shortages. If you didn't waste so much and buy so much, you'd be fine. And it's good for the environment anyway if you don't. That's, well, they, you know, ironically, I saw a member of the media suggest this yesterday, that that one of the upsides here is we can learn to start buying less and it'll be good for us and for the environment. And a buddy of mine pinged me and said, do you, do you know who this is? I said, I have no idea. Some local reporter in New York who apparently is married to an athlete and lives in a house and they have a 40,000 square foot gym. Yeah. Yeah. Their gym is larger than their house. And they, ah, it's a good thing you just, you just shop less. I would just suggest to the Democrats, maybe you need to stop that. Maybe, just just maybe, maybe stop telling people that it's a good thing gas prices are so high because it'll help us convert quicker to electric cars. Maybe, perhaps, that's that's not wise advice 
for you to be giving people that they, I, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been saying this, that, that fuel prices going up is actually not a bad thing because it will further incentivize us to go to renewables. She actually is making that case. It's absurdist that she would make that case. And yet this is where we are. It's not wise. The problem here is that the Democratic Party is a little bit out to lunch on all of these issues. And they're trying to find a way to navigate the issues. But the reality is the economy right now isn't good. The reality is the economy at this moment has taken a turn for the worse for most Americans. Listen to this clip from ABC, from ABC News this morning. Now topping $7 a gallon, and unfortunately there is no relief in sight. ABC's Gio Benitez joins us now with more on this. Good morning, Gio. Hey, Cecilia, good morning. Yeah, these high gas prices are expected to stick around through Thanksgiving, possibly even longer. Take a look at that image now from Gorda, California. This is the town's only gas station, and it's selling regular unleaded for $7.59 a gallon premium at nearly $8.50. Now, California as a whole is seeing the highest gas prices in the country. Now, the national average right now is at $3.38 a gallon, and it is still going up. The- 338 a gallon is the national average in California. It's 750 for a gallon of regular unleaded, 850 for Supreme. That's the average in California. That's not one gas station in California, though they highlighted the one gas station. That is the average in California is 750 for a gallon of gasoline. That is a tax on the poor and the middle class. It is gasoline prices are up 13 cents in Alabama. They're up 15 cents in Ohio. They're up 11 cents in West Virginia. They're up 10 cents in Tennessee, Virginia, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. And Democrats are trying to tell people this is a good thing. Now, they, they, I, I need you to be clear here. They're not stupid. They think you are. Democrats aren't stupid. They think you are. And yeah, I mean, listen, voters are people are stupid, but still you individually are not collectively. People are stupid. Individually, people are pretty smart. The problem is that the Democrats, they don't have anything else. And that's that's the alarming thing that we need to focus on right now. The Democrats actually they don't have a strategy moving into 2022. They thought they would have an infrastructure bill to run on. They thought they would have a bipartisan or the bipartisan infrastructure plan and a partisan reconciliation plan, and they still may. But they're having a hard time getting it done. Without those, they have no message. Without those, they really don't even have a hope of winning. And Democrats have a tendency, and it is, by the way, a particular tendency of the Democrats. Republicans have other tendencies. But the tendency of the Democratic Party, given its makeup at its upper echelons, is to treat the people as if the Democrats can get another. Reminds me of the poem by the guy from East Germany where the the communists decided to uh, get rid of the people and elect another. That's what the Democrats tend to view the people as. The the people are 
collectively good, individually bad, where most people would think individually good, collectively bad. The Democrats like the mob. They don't like you. The Democrats like the idea of people more than they like individual people. And, you know, Republicans are exactly the opposite. Republicans like the individual and hate the idea of the people, which I think is is the smarter idea because, you know, it's one reason I tell people all the time the reason I'm a conservative is I'm a Christian. I think we're all sinners. I want as few in charge of me as possible. The Democrats, however, believe in the virtue of man as a whole— But the badness of you, the individual, you, the individual, must be constrained by the collective. And so when the Democrats start talking about this stuff and they hear the individual people out there complaining about gas prices, complaining about fuel, complaining about inflation, complaining about shortages, well, you people need to shut up. It's good for you to have the shortages so you'll stop spending as much. It's good for you to have high fuel prices. It's good for the environment. But it's not. It's not good in any way, shape, or form. And yet they're trying to convince you it is. And this is actually a, this is a warning sign politically for what's coming for the Democrats right now. I, you know, I was a campaign operative. I ran campaigns. I managed campaigns. I consulted on campaigns. I designed campaigns. I, I found candidates. I did all that stuff. And I can tell you, what we're seeing and hearing right now from the Democrats, just as a professional who did this, not as a partisan, not as a conservative, not as a Republican, just as someone who's been in the campaign business. And by the way, you talk to Democrats right now and they will tell you the same thing. I was talking to a Democratic consultant last night, as a matter of fact, who was complaining about this. I, I didn't just come up with this on my own. I was talking to a Democratic campaign consultant. All of you would know. Who is saying it's obvious right now that the people in charge don't have any idea what to do. It is obvious right now that the people in charge don't have a campaign message for 2022. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to take the negatives and they're trying to will those negatives into being positives. It's like, you know... I don't know. Let, let's. You got to go get the COVID shot. And you know the COVID shot is going to make you sick. And so you tell yourself, you know what? But then I can live free without a mask and everything will be fine. Of course, we know that's not true now. But you tell yourself, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We'll be good. It's good for me to do this. And then you, you're miserable for days on end. And you don't want to do it. This is what the Democrat, this is where they are right now. They don't have a strategy moving forward. Everything they thought they would have, they don't. The Biden who could keep the party together and bring back normalcy is actually the Joe Biden who was in the Senate for 50 years and uh, is a deeply partisan, out to lunch, has bad ideas, and can't hold it together. And they're trying to make the best of a best. You know, I got to tell you, I, I, I pity I pity the Democrats a little bit. I, I, I do pity them just a little bit. Not, not enough to not laugh at them, but I kind of pity them. I mean, just think about it. Think about it. They, they got rid of Trump. They, they united. They got rid of Trump. You could say they stole it, whatever you want to say. That's fine. They got rid of Trump. And they just assumed that 2022 would be a cakewalk. They would be able to walk into 2022 and they would say, Trump over there, Trump, Trump, Trump supporters, Trump. And people would stick with them. But the economy went to hell in a handbasket. 
And Joe Biden's policies made it worse. And inflation is on the rise. Oh, by the way, they're not getting rid of inflation now. More and more data out there. They're not getting rid of inflation. It's not going away. You heard Jim Cramer. Just just so you know, this is Jim Cramer from CNBC. Inflation is much worse than we thought. Uh, I keep hoping the capacity will come on and make it so that it's not as bad, but it just can't seem to come on as fast enough. I mean, for instance, I was going over with my friend Frank Mitch, uh, who's got his own firm about chemicals, and it's just unbelievable. Uh, Fermium's using numbers that are just astounding and makes you feel like that Proctor is not going to be able to get out. Yeah. Inflation is going to be worse. In fact, uh, more financial analysts coming out today and saying inflation isn't going away. It's going to be here at least through the end of next year. And now they're starting to blast the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is going to become a bad guy for the Democrats. They got to have a fall guy. They're going to have a bad guy. It's going to be Jerome Powell. He was Donald Trump's appointee to the Federal Reserve. They will try to blame him and make him the scapegoat and say it's all because he was Donald Trump's appointee. People don't get the Federal Reserve. They don't understand the Federal Reserve. They understand Joe Biden's in charge and said this wouldn't last. That's what they understand. And so the Democratic response is, you ungrateful SOBs, you should enjoy the inflation. Love it. Live it. That's what they do. At the end of the day, the Democrats' contempt for individuals comes out. The collective mass and mob, they're fine. The people storming the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, burning it down, they're the heroes in this. The individuals who stood up to them, the individual storms, they're the bad guys. And it's the same with this. They don't have a winning message yet for 2022. And don't look now. Terry McAuliffe is on the verge of losing Virginia. If he does, it's going to be not all hands on deck, but every man for himself. And that's going to make it even harder to message come 2022 for the Democrats. Just a friendly piece of advice. Stop saying these things people know are bad or either good or in their benefit. Try some other way to either mitigate them or explain them away, but stop trying to tell people that the castor oil is good for them because they really don't want it and they know what's going to happen. My people, not only is it Friday, but the actual real phone system is back in fully operational and we can take phone calls and have conversations because there's no delay. You can call in a free for all on Friday, 877-973-7. Wait, wait a second. The call screener went to the bathroom. I tell you. Nonetheless, you can just start calling 877-973-7425. When he gets back, you can ask him how his bathroom break was. <laughs> he's going to hate it. He's in the same room with me today, which is a rarity. Yeah, he's going to love this. All right. My people. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about my people. The Vikings. Turns out exactly a thousand years ago, the Vikings showed up in North America. In 1021 A.D., the Vikings sailed across the ocean blue, beating Columbus. Ha! Now we don't need to celebrate Columbus Day. We can celebrate Leif Erikson Day. That's my uncle, too, Leif Erikson. Really, that is my uncle. I got my Uncle Leif, my Aunt LaRue, my Aunt Loretta, my Aunt Laverne, my Aunt Leela. Then there's my dad, Eric. I got Uncle Lewis. I got Uncle Leif. I got Uncle Albert, Uncle Alfred. Yeah, it's a big family. And then my dad is Eric, and his dad is Eric, and his dad is Eric, all the way back to the Vikings. They used their longships. They crossed the Atlantic. They settled in Canada in 1021. 
Now, how do we know they settled in Newfoundland? Ah, Newfoundland. I wonder who came up with that idea. Well, it turns out that they chopped down trees using metal blades. And the indigenous people, the engines, they didn't have metal blades. And because they didn't have metal blades, we know it wasn't them. And so we've got the settlement out there, and it turns out it was— Now, how do we know it was 1021? Well, because— the trees have rings, and you know every year that a tree lives, there's a new ring that forms, and it's a clear marker of the trees for 993 A.D. They know there was a solar storm that caused the rings to have a distinct signature pattern in the year 993, and so there are 29 rings from that solar storm to the outer edge of the tree, meaning it was 1021, the Vikings were in North America. Now, we don't really know what happened to them. Uh, we found Viking swords in Newfoundland, and we found other artifacts up there. It, it appears that they, they left. They didn't stay and set up shop. There was really nothing there for them. But all of this means all you people who celebrate Columbus, you know that hateful monster Columbus. I mean, the, 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 the man who gave us indigenous, you should hate Columbus for giving us Indigenous People Day. I mean, what an awful name for a holiday. Hi, kids. Today we're celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day. No, actually, it's Columbus, and I jest a little bit. Columbus was a bad dude, but we're not going to judge you by the 21st century. The man actually sailed around the world in search of India. I mean, how would we know to call the people of North America Indians if he had never wanted to sail to India? I mean, we would be actually calling them indigenous peoples. I'm an indigenous person of North America, and so are you, unless you were born somewhere and came here. And yet we got a class of people in the country who want to be called indigenous people when I'm indigenous to North America, too. And it turns out my Viking family were here long before a whole lot of you, even if they didn't stay. I, I actually am really— Impressed by the story, not to make too much light of it. It's really cool that they can arche uh, archaeologically find trees and count the rings and see the pattern of the rings to be able to tell precisely that it was a thousand years ago this year the Vikings set up shop in North America. Um, I'm impressed with that. All right, we got to move on. We come back. Listen, we got to talk about the Alec Baldwin story. I'm going to save that for the top of the next hour because, man, if you, it, it's an awful, awful, awful story. And instead of gloating about him as some on social media are doing, you probably need to be in your prayers. But when we come back, we first got to talk about the Joe Biden town hall none of you saw. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, listen, uh, we've gotten some phone calls about the situation in Fairfax County, Virginia. The Board of Elections there, so the state is required to collect the last four digits of people's social security numbers on their absentee ballots, with one exception under the law. Under Virginia law, if you cast your absentee ballot at the Board of Elections, you don't have to write your social security number down. If you mail in your absentee ballot, you, you have to put your social security number down. The Fairfax County, which is a highly liberal county in Virginia— the Fairfax County Board of Elections has decided they're going to skip the verification process uh, if you leave off your social security number. A lawsuit has been filed. Uh, I'm trying to get more information on it. it. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a Democratic board. 
they're definitely doing hanky-panky. Uh, unlike last time, unlike 2020, the Republicans have actually, they're, they're being more aggressive here. You know, my apologies to the call screener when the crazies call. Um, one of the issues with the election last time, you know, I, I'm somewhat dogmatic about it because yeah, I, I, oh yeah, let me go here. So I'm more nuanced on 2020 than many of you think, because I'm fairly dogmatic here about the election wasn't stolen. And the reason that I am is because when people call into the program and they have their proofs of how the election was stolen, they're not actually talking about the real issues. They're talking about the crazy stuff. I mean, for example, uh, the people who think the Dominion voter system machines really did steal the election with the algorithm and stuff. Well, we know that's not true because they printed out paper ballots. We have hand counts of the ballots, all that sort of stuff. Or in Fulton County, the the late night counting of ballots, and I mean there were there were Secretary of State observers there and stuff. None of the stuff they claim happened happened, but there were issues in the election in 2020. There were real legitimate issues. People have real legitimate concerns, and we should address those concerns. And. One of the concerns is that Democrats took advantage of the pandemic and they changed laws through emergency orders, like the ballot drop boxes, for example. And yes, that's a legit concern. The problem is, let's take Georgia, for example. The Georgia Republican Party claimed to have a witness who could show ballot harvesting was happening. And they presented to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation uh, commercially available cell phone data that showed certain cell phones that they tried to trace back to uh, groups uh, that were tied to Stacey Abrams to show they were uh, collecting all the ballots in batch and dropping it off under the law. You yourself had to drop off your ballot. Other people couldn't. Um, And this is becoming a problem. But the Republicans said that they had a witness who could prove there was ballot harvesting. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation has released a public letter now to the Republicans saying, look, we tried multiple times to get you to provide us your witness and you didn't. We can't pursue this just based on cell phone data that you got commercially. There's That's not probable cause under the law. And so the Republicans screwed that up or, or take the issue of the absentee ballots. With the absentee ballots in Georgia, and listen, states vary, but a lot of states have this rule that you, an individual in a county, can challenge another individual in the county who's requested an absentee ballot. And the Republicans in Georgia had the opportunity to do that. It's law, by the way, and I want to be very clear with you. Not only is it law— but you got a bunch of Republican judges at the Court of Appeals and the, in the Supreme Court in Georgia. So for the Republican Party in Georgia to say they, some mysterious they, wouldn't let us challenge the ballots, I, I have yet to figure out who the they is. It's excuse-making. And part of the reason people think that the election were stolen is because you have state party officials, not public officials, but party officials, making claims about the stolen election – 
that are excuse-making to avoid their own culpability for blame about challenging elections and the like. Now, let's take the Fairfax County, Virginia situation. I'm, I'm actually getting text messages from a friend of mine who's a lawyer up there. Fairfax County, Virginia, you're required to put your Social Security number on the absentee ballots. And the law says that. But federal law says you cannot compel someone to use a Social Security number as an identifying marker for anything other than Social Security. So the Fairfax County Board of Elections is not requiring that four digits. The Republicans in Virginia, when given the chance, could have changed it to the last four digits of their driver's license. And they declined to do it. They never changed the law when they had the opportunity, when they controlled the legislature and the governor's mansion. And so now the Democrats are exploiting a legal loophole where the federal government says you can't compel this. So, yes, the Democrats are, you can say it's cheating, but it's not really cheating. They're doing something that's perfectly legal. They shouldn't, I don't think, but it's they're within their rights to do. And that's a problem. Um, there's your, there's where people think the election was stolen in 2020. Yeah. The Democrats outplayed Republicans in, in the courtroom. They absolutely did. They were able to get exceptions to the rules because of COVID. They took advantage of COVID. They were able to do that. And then here's the other part of this that people miss. The Republican lawyers screwed up royally and they are so desperate to blame the machines and Stacey Abrams and everyone else to so they don't have to acknowledge how royally they screwed up. Again, let's just go back to Georgia. Let's look at Georgia. You know, when the, the Board of Elections in Fulton County told everyone we're, we're closing up shop for night, and yet they kept counting ballots, the Republicans could have stayed. And even the, the, the Republicans on the Board of Elections said, you guys could stay, and, and they left. And then they tried to tell me, oh, they threw us all out. No, they didn't. Even the, the local Republicans said they weren't throwing you all out. You could have stayed. The rule in Georgia is once you open a box of ballots, you count all the ballots in the box so that there can be no fraud. And they counted the open box, and then they went home. And the observers left. They didn't have to leave. Or the absentee ballot challengers, they could have done that. Listen, when you hire Cletus O'Shaughnessy, the DUI lawyer who doesn't know election law, and the Democrats hire election lawyers, yeah, the election lawyers from the Democrats are going to do better in court on election law issues than your DUI lawyer that you hired. Uh, that that's, that's a problem there. But yeah, the Democrats in Virginia, they are doing everything they can to try to, to take the election. They're, they're doing everything they can for Terry McAuliffe. And, and this shows you just how desperate they are in Virginia right now that they're pulling out all the stops. And again, one of the stops they're pulling out is to say, they don't care if you put your social security number on or not because federal law says we can't use this as your identifier. The Republicans in Virginia control the legislature and the governor's mansion for several years, and they knew this was a problem, and they could have fixed it, and they didn't. And now the Democrats are finally taking advantage of that. The Republicans need to, if they ever get back to the Virginia legislature, and by the way, the polling looks like they just might, they got to fix this stuff. Now, before I can get into Biden, I'm sorry, there is breaking news, and this is actually very big breaking news. The United States Supreme Court has just weighed in on the Texas abortion law. They are agreeing to hear it, and they are declining to block it. 
Whole Women's Health et al. versus Jackson. Cert granted Friday, October 22nd. The briefs of the parties limited to 13,000 words are to be filed electronically on or before 5 p.m. Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. Reply briefs, if any, limited to 6,000 words are to be filed electronically on or before 5 p.m. Friday, October 29th, 2021. An amicus, any amicus briefs filed are to be filed electronically on or before 5 p.m. Wednesday, October 27, 2021. Booklet format briefs prepared in compliance with Rule 33.1 shall be submitted as soon as possible. The parties are not required to file an appendix. The case is set for oral argument Monday, November 1, 2021. We decline to intervene in the enforcement matter of the Fifth Circuit. So the Texas abortion law is back in effect, and the Supreme Court is going to hear the case, and that's a really big deal. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we could suddenly see abortion be a big issue in campaign 2022? That if the, you know, so there is the the Mississippi abortion law, the Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments on the Mississippi abortion law. And the state of Mississippi is explicitly saying Roe and Casey should be overruled. The the case at hand is a loss is a law that bans abortion after 15 weeks in Mississippi, and the Supreme Court is being asked to allow that. But they are also asking the Supreme Court to overrule Roe v. Wade altogether. I don't know that they'll go that far. I suspect they will allow a 15 week abortion ban because we are the only Western nation that doesn't. Did you know that we're the only nation, a Western nation, that doesn't have an abortion ban after 15 weeks? In fact, most Western nations ban it after 13 weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Now, we got to move on to a lot of other stuff. In fact, you know what? I may go on here in a minute and take a take a timeout because I want to spend a few moments on Joe Biden and his roundtable town hall with Harrison or with uh, Anderson Cooper last night. No one watched it. You had the baseball game last night. You had a football game last night. You had all sorts of other sporting events last night. No one watched Joe Biden's town hall last night. And for the Democrats, it's probably a good thing. I got some audio clips from it I want to pay, uh, play for you. We'll get to it. But right now, I want to tell you, you should be a customer of Patriot Mobile. Because they're fighting the good fight, taking a portion of your of their profits generated by you, and they're giving them to the Second Amendment cause. They're giving them to the pro-life cause. They're giving them to the conservative movement. But not only that, they actually are Christian conservatives. There are some other companies out there that make all sorts of claims about uh, liking the conservative movement, but when you dig down, they're just fronts for other companies, and they don't necessarily share your values. Patriot Mobile actually does share your values. I actually know the people at Patriot Mobile. I know the guy who came up with the idea of Patriot Mobile, and they really are Christian conservatives, and they really do give a portion of their profits to the pro-life movement of the Second Amendment. They give discounts to NRA members. They give discounts to veterans and first responders, and they give discounts to large families that have multiple lines. You can be a customer. You can roll over your existing phone number. You can get a new phone number. You can take your unlocked cell phone and use it with them or get a new one. They're a great company. Here's what you do. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. That's patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Or call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. You call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them Eric sent you, and they will give you a discount. We literally just had someone call the show 
and the call screener says, what do you want to talk about? The guy says, let's open the line Friday. I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. No, that's actually not how this works. Are you stupid? Apparently, no. Your, your job is to still make me look good. You can you can talk about a topic I otherwise am not going to talk about, but you still have to announce the topic about which you wish to talk. And if it sucks, you're not getting on my show. You can go get your own show, which you can't because clearly you're too stupid. So now we will move on. I'm going to go to the phones to someone who actually has an articulable point he was willing to share with the call screener. We will go to Phil. Phil, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Great to talk to you. You too. It's nice to be able to talk to someone without a delay. (laughs) I don't even know how that happens or why that is, but (laughs) I I just wanted to talk to you about this election, this 2020 election situation. I've been, I've been listening to you post rush um, kind of on and off. So I might've missed a lot of it, but I, I have heard you speak on this, uh, what I refer to as the election steal, which I think you would dispute. Um, I just have a real problem with the way you've been presenting it as this is just absolutely categorically and conclusively was a fair election. Now, I can certainly understand where, you know, uh, someone can say that I don't know either one way or the other whether it was a fair election because there were literally so many irregularities. I mean, I, I could spend a whole hour going through all the irregularities. I mean, it all started with the way the way, the way they changed the election laws in yep. the swing states administratively unconstitutionally without the legislature which the both the state and federal constitution require clear on un, uh, clearly unconstitutional well and okay no see so it. i, I would what, disagree it, 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 with you there just, phil because, go, go ahead but it, it wasn't unconstitutional yeah, you right. do need to know that Okay. Okay. Well, understand. Well, let me just finish, and I'm sure you can quibble with you know some of my points. But the, the bottom line, whether or not it was done validly or invalidly in the swing states when they changed it days before the election to allow for the receipt of the ballots uh, up to Friday after the Tuesday election, and if they didn't have an, it didn't have a postmark on them, uh, it didn't matter. Uh, they could they could take them. Uh, if they had a postmark, the postmark had to be before the uh, on the Tuesday election. Yeah. Uh, the whole the whole significance of the change was to allow for people to vote after election day without a picture ID, without matching signatures. It's clear, Eric, that that was done so that the Democrats could cheat. So they oh, could and listen, out. I, 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 mean, I don't no actually disagree it. with you on that. Uh, the, the problem here is is you you will agree with me on this, I'm sure as well, Phil, that it shouldn't come down to who has the better lawyers. It shouldn't. Uh, we, we should have procedures and those procedures shouldn't change. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that in the 21st century in America, it often comes down to who has the better lawyers. And the Trump team sucked. I can't emphasize that enough. They sucked so bad. Uh, better Republican lawyers could have fought a lot of the stuff. Their arguments were not the arguments election lawyers make. I, listen, I, I, I know this makes some of you mad when I say this. I actually was an elections lawyer. And the law, the arguments that a lot of the Trump team made weren't the arguments that you make in an election case. Now, I, I, we don't need to relitigate it because I, I agree with Phil. There were irregularities. It wasn't enough irregularities to cast doubt on the election. You may not like the fact that they did it, but guess what? You could do it too in a Republican state. And the Republicans didn't seem to know what they were doing this time. That was the most frustrating part of this. It's not that the election was stolen. It's that the Republicans got outplayed. That's the problem. 
Um, so yeah, Phil, listen, I, I will say this though. It, it's not, it wasn't an unconstitutional change. That's a misreading by the Trump team. And again, if they had good election lawyers, they would have known this. What the Constitution says is that the legislature sets the rules for the election. What the Supreme Court precedent is, going back 100 years, is once the legislature lays out the framework for we either pick the Electoral College or the voters pick the Electoral College, that's what the the issue is in the Constitution, then the framework by which the election is run is handed over to administrators to do it. That's the constitutional law of the issue. And anyone who's told you otherwise doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And this is why the Trump team kept losing in court, because they didn't know what the hell they were doing with election law. Now, we're not going to keep taking phone calls about this because, man, we could go on ad nauseum. Bottom line, the election wasn't stolen. Yes, there were regularities. Yes, there were problems, but there always are. You know why? Because elections are run by old people who are retirees, who sometimes don't know what they're doing, and also the elections are run by people, and people are stupid, and they make mistakes. There's never been a free, pure, perfect election in this country, and there never will be, for that matter. Uh, But uh, people who are so butthurt over 2020, I guess they're going to hand 2022 over to the Democrats because we're not willing to to relitigate 2020 constantly. That's part of the problem here. Do Trump voters say, well, I didn't get in my way in 2020, so we're just going to let the Democrats take everything in 2022. They're going to steal it anyway. Go test the hypothesis at least. Test the hypothesis. See if that's true. Is it real? Go see. Because you think it is, but you don't know for sure, go vote in 2022 and see. And the problem is that if the Democrats lose, well, then suddenly there's not a lot of ground to stand on in 2020. Some people would rather continue to maintain the grievance and not vote in 2022 and win so that they can maintain the grievance. Well, the Democrats just steal it all. We might as well sit on the sidelines. You sit on the sidelines, the Democrats will add to the Senate, and they will get rid of the filibuster, and then they really will change the rules.